Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another empowering episode of The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker. I am a singer, a vocal coach, and a lead singer with the Mighty Untouchables Band. The Unstoppable Singer is a live interview style show where I dive into the lives of real life professional singers who have achieved some incredible feats in their careers. Uh, We explore the challenges and the triumphs that come with a life under the bright lights, and we learn what being unstoppable truly means to them. So if you are passionate about music and the stories of remarkable artists, then you're in the right place. Stick around because I'm going to jump right in and introduce you to my incredible guest tonight. We are embarking on a remarkable journey with none other than Emily McVicker, a true musical force to be reckoned with. Emily's story begins in the heart of cozy living room jam sessions where her passion for music ignited. But that's just the start of this incredible tale with a background spanning a multitude of musical styles and performance types, including theater, acapella, and party bands. Emily's versatility knows no bounds. Her repertoire is as vast as it is diverse, but her true joy comes from crafting her own music, infusing it with her quirky and unique perspective. But here's where it gets more exciting. Emily's rise to stardom on Twitch is nothing short of extraordinary. Her journey from those living room jams to becoming a sensation on one of the largest streaming platforms is an inspiration to all of us. Her musical journey began in Seattle, and she pursued her education at Point Park University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, focusing on musical theater and behavioral science. She's showcased her talents far and wide, from singing in a cappella groups to performing over 500 songs as part of a band on board Carnival Cruise Lines. Today, Emily is a soulful and dynamic performer and songwriter touring the United States as one a one woman show. And if that's not enough, you can catch her live on Twitch where she streams her music straight from her living room every Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday. So let's dive right in and meet Emily. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me, Danielle. Thank you for doing this. I'm so excited to get to know you tonight. Yes, likewise. I was watching videos of you and I was like, wow, I have so much in common with this lady. <laughs> totally, totally. And uh, we were just kind of chit-chatting before about how um, how I became familiar with your work. And it was, you had posted a clip one day, it was either on TikTok or Instagram, where you had um, made the comment that a uh, someone that had just seen you perform was giving you a compliment saying how much they enjoyed the performance and then said, well, I hope you make it. And you (laughs) shared the sentiment that you thought to yourself, well, I'm traveling the world. I get paid great money to do this. So I kind of feel like I've made it. And that 
that hit me so hard because I I can relate to that so much that, you know, the world just doesn't know this side of the music business or, or they, they I guess they have uh, developed this one vision or this one image of what making it means. And right. those of us that are actually living in, in this world know better that that's really not the case, huh? Well, yeah, like I wish I had known when I was a little younger, like all the different like micro avenues you could take with your music and mm -hmm. and you can just have a lot of confidence as a creative person that like you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it I think uh, a life in the music business probably wouldn't be as appealing to a very, very young person if we told them what <laughs> these other avenues <laughs> might be, you know, if it's anything short of like having a record deal and touring and, you know, having music videos and everything like that. But, you know, Ma yeah, maybe tell you the life of a working singer. <laughs> right. You're tired all the time. <laughs> Yep. Oh, man. Well, I, I went to theater school originally because like, you know, as a kid, that's usually the your first performance opportunity is like being your school musical. Mm -hmm. And um, then when I went to school for that, like all my friends really had like kind of laser focus on Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. And I was mm -hmm. just kind of uh, not that picky. I will go anywhere that looks fun to perform. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And speaking of that, you are fresh back from Burning Man. Yes. <laughs> How was that? Oh, my God, Danielle, it was such a trip. Like, yeah. so I got reached out to on Instagram by a, a it was a piano bar camp at Burning mm -hmm. Man. And I don't know what was into me that day, but he just reached out kind of randomly, kind of earnestly and invited me to be part of their camp. And I was just thinking, why not? I'll give it a try. And it was like right up my alley. I had 100% fun the whole time. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Was that the first time you've gone? Yeah, first burn. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you posted some great videos of you. It was like you were on a truck or like rooftop, moving rooftop through yes. camp. So for anyone who's been to Burning Man before, like the nightlife is crazy and it's very common that different camps at Burning Man will go out in like an art car, which is like highly decorated and all lit up. And since we were a piano bar camp, mm -hmm. ours was called Melton John and it's got a lit up piano on the side and it drives at like five miles an hour and you're like playing and then like trying not to fall off when the car <laughs> breaks. Yeah. And then people like chase the car slowly, of course, on the bikes and they're like singing along and dancing. And mm -hmm. it was a beautiful experience out there to share music. That looks so, so fun. And um, uh, Sarah is in the comments and she said uh, the video with Walk the Moon was awesome. You also <gasps> had a. And that was like an such experience. a magical thing. So yeah. like, you know, like you, I, I do a lot of special events and I front a couple of different bands here in Seattle and we play Shut Up and Dance at like at the end of almost every night. So mm -hmm. I met that guy and I told him that I was like, hey, man, I play your song like once a week at everybody's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's like, he's like, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's great. You're like, I may have played it more than you have played it at this point. <laughs> I mean, I probably perform it more often. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Very I cool. Well, um, 
we have a lot to talk about, and I really want to get into um, what's happening with your Twitch channel. But before we go there, let's let's back it up and go back to uh, little Emily and tell us about what your musical journey has been like, how you got started, and if you're coming from a musical family, or what was the beginning like for you? Um, well, I, I'm not specifically from a musical fam. Like my parents aren't musical, mm -hmm. but I have to say, like, if it weren't for my family, I, I don't know if I would have gotten into music in such a full way because, um, from my grandparents to my aunts and uncles, to my parents, um, and everyone's been so supportive and like, as a little kid, we would always like do shows for our grandparents, and, mm -hmm. like make up little skits and sing songs. And I always thought that my cousins were more musical than me. And I was just like trying to like keep up with them. And then but now I think I'm the one doing it the most seriously. Yeah, yeah. So were did you get started singing or you're multi instrumentalist? And so when did you pick up guitar and piano? Well, I um. I, I first started on the trumpet in elementary school with my first instrument. And then I I started doing piano, like I was learning at this church that I was going to. And I I actually got a lot of experience being in bands at that church. I, I'm like a heathen and an atheist now, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I did score some really positive experiences from doing church band. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of us get our start in the church, which is it, it's a great opportunity for singers because before church band, I'd never worked with instrumentalists or anything like that. But it, yeah. it's almost like being able, you know, you're able to be a part of your own concert every weekend and, you know, really work with, you know, good musicians. I, well, right. in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, it's really so so divergent from learning in an academic setting where the teacher's like, okay, do that again, but you did these notes wrong, 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 wrong. Mm -hmm. um, in church, it's like very encouraged, like make a joyful noise and just do whatever you can. Yeah. And it's very positively reinforced. And so I, I don't think that's a um, coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Very forgiving environment, of course. Right. Uh, so you're you're um, getting involved in musical theater in school, uh, we're singing in church and everything. Um, as you were approaching like college age, did you know you wanted to go to school for music or what was the thought at that point? I really didn't know. Like, I didn't really believe that you could um, like make a life doing music or art but i've been so fortunate like the two things that i've always done well and gravitated towards is music and art and um so my mom encouraged my mom i think just wanted me to go to college for something mm -hmm. and i got some really generous scholarship money to go to point park and i loved it there um, we did, I did, I did like really, it was like a conservatory of musical theater. I did 8am ballet every day. Um, I did tap and jazz and voice and speech. And I diverged a little bit of the path. I can't believe that you <laughs> knew that I studied behavioral science also. <laughs> <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> but people always think that that was a weird combination to study, but it was actually like 
in my eyes, it was kind of the same study. It's like the study of people, but when you're acting, you're studying them kind of from the inside out. Mm. And in behavioral science, you're kind of observing more. Yeah, interesting, yeah. So, and I, I find that I weirdly use both of those interests in doing music independently now because mm. part of the show, the entertainment for me is like, watching how an audience behaves or seeing like what makes people engage or yeah it, th that's part of the entertainment from being on stage right right yeah and it does it, it makes sense that if you do understand human behavior it's a lot easier to form that connection or you know have a good read on people I love that. Yeah. And, and positively, re like when they do something that you want, positively reinforcing that or uh -huh. acknowledging that and mm -hmm. making people really feel seen. Because I think especially from doing music on Twitch, like when I got started, it was like there was a pandemonium going on and it was like my social time, even though it was on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And I think just saying people's names and making people feel welcome and being radically inclusive mm -hmm. of an international audience, it's a powerful thing yeah. just, to, just to feel welcome somewhere. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, it's amazing that you've um, been able to do that you know, online. And, and I think so many people that got into live streaming, you know, during COVID times and everything really, really had to be super intentional about learning how to engage an audience online. Mm -hmm. But I think we, anybody listening can probably recall a moment seeing live music or a show. And when someone on stage acknowledges your presence as an audience member and they catch your eye mm -hmm. or just give you a knowing glance or something like that. There's nothing more powerful feeling than feeling seen, you know, or right. feeling like you're a part of that, you know, performance experience. I think that's a, that's a characteristic characteristics of a great performer. Yeah, I hope so. It's like, I think it's a little bit my superpower and a little bit, um, it, it it bites me in the booty sometimes is like I people can I think spend a little bit of time with me and feel like we're good friends and they know me yeah <laughs> can it's they most, borrow 20 bucks yeah <laughs> it's mostly good until yeah. they like try to hug me from behind and I'm like I don't know you uh... <laughs> yikes Ugh. but that's great that's so <laughs> after uh once you got through school, was the game plan to go out and be a professional singer or what was the vision at that point? Um, well, Danielle, I was really lucky that, so like right when I got out of college, the, um, the, the thing that was like super in fashion was acapella stuff. Like oh, yes. Pitch Perfect was fresh in the theaters and the sing-off was on TV and uh, and Glee was super hot. And so I, I got hooked up. I, I was doing this audition for like a theme park production company. And I wasn't like, I don't think they would have cast me for my dancing abilities. <laughs> but luckily, they needed people that could make funny vocal noises and instrument impressions and beatboxing. And I was like, Oh, I, I can do that. Definitely. Okay. Um, and so they hooked hooked me up with these producers that did a very unique theme park show at Hershey Park. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they were the the creators of Toxic Audio, which was a very hot acapella group off Broadway, I think, in the ni- early ni- like 90s, early aughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pretty stoked to be working with them. And from there, like we would just sit around the boom box and listen to like Black Eyed Peas and like Christina Aguilera and try to tear apart the arrangement. We only had four voices. So we had to kind of delegate what was the most important parts to to build the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's crazy is like describe, I had so much fun at rehearsals, building our arrangements and like singing with my friends. And that's really what I've continued to do just on a solo level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So would you say, was that like your first working paid experience out of school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doing theme parks at, at Hershey Park, theme yeah. park shows, I should say. Okay. Um, and, from, and from there, like, cruise ships is just kind of like the next stepping stone uh-huh. okay. to that. I went back to New York and auditioned for some, like, shows. And I auditioned a lot, but it was my videos that got me hooked up with, like, Carnival Cruise Lines and the bands and stuff. Yeah. And what was your experience like on board? Um, It, it is kind of... Have you, did you ever do cruise ships? I never did cruise ships. Um, I, I have to say, like, it's a, such a unique lifestyle. And I was it's a it was a culture shock at the very first because it's a microcosm of the whole earth. There's mm-hmm. people from all different countries, all different like money statuses and and even within the ship, different positions in different countries um, are given different privileges on board. Hmm. So like if you have a staff position, you can eat in this dining room. But if you're part of the like crew, you have to eat in this other dining room and you can eat down. You can eat in like a lower dining room, but you can't. I couldn't eat in the captain's dining room. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so that that part was crazy. And I think and I did it for like two years. I did like uh, three and a half contracts. And that was the exact right amount of time to do it before it started to get getting too much you know yeah yeah because some people really get stuck in that life because it becomes really easy money Mm -hmm. and you're good at your job and and when you go home people your life sounds really glamorous because you're like i just came from the caribbean yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i'm glad that you made that point because that's something i've talked to a lot of singers on this show about some who are would consider themselves a working singer, just, you know, a singer for hire or an original artist. And you really have one foot over each side of the fence. And that's <laughs> not terribly, terribly common because it's hard to be successful going down both of those um, avenues because a lot of singers, I think, once they do get into a position where they're making, you know, decent money as a working singer, then you're kind of like, oh, I'm good. You know, I'll, I'll right. just live this life of making money. It's, you know, I'd love to do original music too, but, um, you know, that the money's tougher to come by uh, down that avenue. Where Did you ever, did you ever feel conflicted with that? Or did you just know you were going to go for both lives? Yeah, you know, I always like to say yes to people. So it's like, it, do you have... Uh 
do you know this genre, this artist, this song? Yes. Can you play this instrument? Mm, sure. I'll go home and learn it right now. <laughs> um, do you have any original tunes? Yes. I think that's my theater training is uh -huh. like, is just say yes to the gig and then like go home and Google how to do it. <laughs> I love that. You are, you are my people for sure. <laughs> But like, I really couldn't help writing um, my original tunes, like speaking on cruise ships, like I was in a really tumultuous relationship at that time. And and y y when you're on a ship, your world feels so small. So mm -hmm. it's like I just I had stuff that I just wanted to scream about mm -hmm. or or say in a snarky way. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the best way I could do it is by like getting out my uke and like cushioning the blow a little. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and and it when I've the other thing is like when I've played my original music for people, it has gotten like a good response and a good rise, and people laugh at the jokes and like get sad with me, or you know, mm -hmm. it really becomes a shared experience, and that's be that's become such a precious thing to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be able to share. Yeah. So how, what led up to um, you discovering Twitch and starting your channel? Um, well, I had heard from Twitch from a couple people, but to me it sounded like, oh, just what I need, like another social media thing to keep up with. Yeah. Um, but like, I at the time I was gigging just like all over the country and sometimes, I'm sorry, mostly just all over the state, not over the country. Mm. Um, and so like playing at a different place each day. And one of my places was I was, I'd play at SeaTac airport pretty regularly. And I was uh, two people in the same day. It was like, are you, are you on Twitch? And I was like, no, should I be? Uh -huh. And they said, yeah. And I really wouldn't have had time to build all that I needed to build. I mean, my studio didn't used to look this fancy, but just to get off the ground, you have to have like a, a current enough computer, decent enough lighting, um, quality sound, if you want people to stick around your channel. And like, I didn't know anything about any of that. And it wasn't until the world shut down. And I really leaned upon some of my like dearest friends that honestly, I couldn't have succeeded without them. Like my main tech support, Jeff Gall, who still helps me with my computers and helps me buy the right gear that I need. I just shouted him out on my most recent YouTube. Uh, I did a whole studio tour mm -hmm. um, because he's so brilliant at that, even though it's a kind of a job that doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, him. And then I have a, a couple other streamer friends that have just been like endlessly generous and excited about me flourishing on Twitch and then other, but once I got plugged in, it was so the right platform for me. Cause it's like interactive and, um, and I, I get to experiment and I've, I've really improved. I think at my different instruments that I didn't used to bring to gigs, mm -hmm. um, and just connecting with people, which I think is, is my, that's, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And so what does a night on Twitch look like for you? <laughs> well, it, so I have, it's kind of a piano bar on steroids because uh -huh. I have a song list and people can request. It's, there's all these integrations. So the song list is, has its own bot that interacts with Twitch. So people can like put in their command and request a song and they can bump up their song if they want to like donate money or exchange their channel points that they can win 
in Twitch or whatever. Um, it there's like Twitch is like its own culture almost. So it sounds yes. weird to be explaining <laughs> outside of Twitch. Um, but people basically people request tunes and I just go buck wild. I've got a looper at my feet. Mm -hmm. I've got a piano that I can pull in and out. Um, I've got a couple different guitars and all the percussion that I can sink my teeth into. And so it's um, kind of a one woman show, kind of a piano bar. And then what's been crazy is some of the, my most requested songs on my song queue is, are my original tunes. Hmm. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And they, they get excited when I release tunes too, which has made me more proactive and, you know, putting stuff out and it feels, uh -huh. it, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, Sarah is asking, are you most excited about uh, taking live learns and requests when you're streaming or do you feel more focused on the recording content for YouTube and Instagram clips? Um, on Twitch, I, just, I really, um, I don't do live learns. A lot of people on Twitch do do live learns, but um, I feel like they take too long. And it's what is not a live learn, by the well, way? <laughs> some people like can request that you look up a song that you've never heard before and wow. they usually charge for that and then or, or or give it as like a reward for like hitting a subscription goal or something mm -hmm. and they'll learn your if you want if if the audience wants me to sing a song i would learn they'd watch me learn it oh interesting and some people like that i it's not my favorite thing so i don't do it but um i do do it i do do i do do it for my <laughs> patrons <laughs> <laughs> so that when I started a Patreon, like people that did want to impact the show, influence the show or like mm -hmm. add songs to the song list, that's the place to do it. I, I don't I didn't want to do that, like in front of people that were meeting me for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first impressions. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like you, like I'm a stage girly. I don't want to be learning songs like at the performance. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, as you're describing what a live learn is I'm thinking in my head, yeah, there's no chance I would do no. anything like that. And <laughs> I don't I even that... like to karaoke because of that reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually noticed like my other friends that have turned to Twitch that have also had some success in the real world. Um, first, I, I think that's typical. Yeah. We're way too proud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep it clean and polished. Um, <laughs> So Sarah also noted that you're great at throwing content across platforms. So you, and I, as I was doing my research and getting more familiar with um, what you do, I saw that too, you've got, you know, you've got a great following on Instagram and TikTok and, and um, you've got great consistent um, content going out. Is that something that's taken a while to like build that up or? Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, except for the, I feel like it's been, been my superpower since my Twitch community has helped me, mm. like, has either given me or helped me raise money t for, like, how nice my studio is now. And so, because I have this great asset at my fingertips, it's makes it a little bit easier to put out quality, like, Instagrams and stuff. Although, Danielle, you know, is I wonder if you can relate to this at all, like, um, my Instagram was not that popping until last year. Um, one of my patrons sent me a guitar. 
he wanted me to have a hollow i actually i don't even i'd show it to you but it's actually at the shop right now but it's it was this beautiful grash like midnight blue hollow body guitar and i was so stoked i you know like what do you do when you get a present like you want to show the person that you're using it and enjoying it mm -hmm. so i went and took a, a guitar lesson and then i just recorded on instagram the exercise i learned in my lesson and it was just like the pentatonic scale in first position and for some reason that video got so many views i got like a hundred new followers that day and so you know what i did danielle i did it again the next day and i <laughs> and these are like these videos were not polished at all it was yeah. just my phone like i had no makeup on i had just woken up my face was still puffy and i'm doing like da bum, bum, bum. <laughs> And I think people were playing along with it and like really responded to like, I think maybe either watching my process, doing it along with me, or just the casualness of it in general. Yeah. And you know, but for me, I'm like, that's not the thing I do the best. But it's yeah. what was working. So yeah, yeah, you really got to be so open minded when it comes <laughs> to creating content and sometimes, you know, step out of your um, comfort zone, it, it blows my mind because the only real consistent formula that I hear of, you know, speaking with, um, other singers who have, you know, had viral videos or, you know, developed a really strong following on any platform is that there really is no formula and that you've got to just, you just got to try and experiment and be willing to, um, you know, let down your guard a little bit and not let it be so polished because, people are just fascinated by what they are fascinated right. with. You know, they like a look behind the curtain or they like to see <laughs> people's everyday lives. You know, it's, it's just going back to the whole reason behind, you know, reality TV taking off is that they right. just like seeing regular people like them do regular things. It's, right. It's mind blowing. Um well, and that's part of, I think, the behavioral science interest in me, too, is like, well, how do I make it an art to get people to, like, interact with me or play along with me? Or I've been trying to do some more, like, duet videos that people can, like, take a solo or sing along with me or something. And and those have been really fun to watch when people, when people duet me, I get so excited. <laughs> yeah, I bet. How do you keep up with the content creation? Or do you have a schedule or do you just do it when you feel the oh. spirit move you? I've tried to I've tried to have a schedule and what that what a schedule to me really means is like scheduling time to not be doing it. Mm -hmm. Um and it's hard it is hard sometimes especially in the summer when there's also like a lot of live stuff. Mm -hmm. Um and you know i've been kind of slow about it this uh, like i was at burning man for a week and then i've i feel like i'm still burning like a week and a half out <laughs> um so i you know i get behind sometimes but then sometimes i get really excited and i enjoy putting stuff out like the first thing that i started doing outside of twitch was um i wanted to do show my live looping process on youtube and the fun part about that is um 
I started growing this audience of like other mostly independent musicians, mostly solo musicians, and they were interested in talking about gear and talking mm-hmm. about, and I can talk about gear too, but I think my niche is even more specifically how to ter- make your gear musical. Cause like sometimes the gear that the companies make has all these like bells and whistles on it. And a musician doesn't need all that. It's like, you just need to pick a couple things that's going to make your show look good. So um, I started doing specifically live looping content and then growing also relationships with Boss and Sure and Mackie. And so I've been doing some product demos with them and they've been sending me some gear, which has been like so fun. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like I went out to to lunch with one of the Sure guys and it was really fun he like bought me lunch and then sent me home with four new microphones to play with nice that's awesome i was like this is such a weird life cool (laughs) and now how do how do relationships like that develop for you are they um just taking note of the community you've built on twitch and reaching out to you or do you reach out to them um, I used to reach out to boss a lot. I would tag them in my Instagrams, but like mm-hmm. to no avail. Um, they did start note. Boss noticed me. Noticed They <laughs> noticed. <laughs> I think they noticed me from my YouTube videos because um, once they they came out with a new the RC six hundred, and I was one of the first people to get a video out about that. Okay. I I built one out of cardboard and pretended to do a product demo of it. <laughs> Um, and ever since then, I've been connected with them. But then the other guys, like, I've been really, um, it's been really important to me to have relationships with my local music stores. Mm-hmm. And so I know the general managers and the, uh, I've done sponsorships with some of them at some of my local events. And so they know what just they just know what I'm doing. So when sure reached out to them, like, do you know anybody that can make videos? They're like, Oh, call Emily. Um, or even here in Seattle, you know, Mackie is local. And so I was playing at a restaurant up north and the general manager of Mackie just happened to be there with his whole family and the rest is history. Wow. That's incredible. That's so cool. Um, I want to, I want to go back to your, um, your Twitch channel because we hadn't really quite gotten into like what, you know, how it really took off for you. You know, you said you kind of started out with what you had, you know, your room didn't look like it does now, but what do you attribute to the success of its growth and the development of it? Like what went into all that? Um, I think it was really a combination. I, um, a combination of everybody was inside hankering for music that Mm -hmm. definitely mattered. Um, and then also my, my tech support, Jeff Gall, who like made me look shiny and well lit and made the audio sound professional. Uh, I think it made me look established even when I didn't have any followers or any viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, I think that fake it till you make it. I or like dress for the job you want. Like I dressed like I had hundreds of viewers. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm amazed three years later, I have like, a handful of people that have been with me since the very beginning. Yeah. And I'm just like, can't believe they're not sick of me yet, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to be super consistent 
with um, oh, yeah. your schedule of that. I mean, it seems like the the audiences on Twitch just really like count on you showing up when they are expecting, you know. I think so. And they'll give me a hard time for being like 10 or 15 minutes late because sometimes I'm just at my house. I'm like, mm, better make a coffee first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I do think like, you know, there's all kinds of personalities out there. There's, you know, and they've got their schedule. So if you can keep a consistent schedule or they'll be like, oh, it's Sunday afternoon. Emily on Sundays, we watch Emily. Emily's on. Let's turn turn her on. Mm -hmm. um, this is how I'm imagining their their thinking or it becomes ritual. Like on Tuesday afternoons when they get home from work, they know, oh, Tuesdays are usually boring, but until Emily comes on, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think you just become part of people's weekly schedules and, mm -hmm. you know, you never know like people that are at their homes, like, um, you know, m maybe, maybe they're really introverted and they don't leave their house that much and you're like the main event and they are counting on seeing you and that brings them comfort. I know watching media for me, my favorite creators brings me like a lot of comfort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that plays a part in it. And then I think the, the what, what keeps people sticking around is like being able to watch you grow. Like, I think nothing is more entertaining than like watching somebody start somewhere, but like you you want to watch them go go places right mm -hmm. so i've tried to do my best like even with my irl gigs my real life gigs if mm -hmm. i'm like singing the anthem at a stadium or um doing i'm doing a barbie event tomorrow like i i try to do little vlogs and like bring them to my community and like share that part mm -hmm. with them too and i i think the evolution keeps them engaged yeah, yeah, that's true. They're they're just right along the journey with you. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Very cool. And so I'm curious to know, I, I have some um, other friends who have um, been very successful in the Twitch space. So I have seen the ups and the downs for them. I wonder if and I know them. <laughs> you might. Um, <laughs> They well, I won't talk about their challenges at this time, but um, <laughs> but I am familiar with what the environment can be like and what can come along with that, just as far as um, well, the challenge of having to be committed to being so consistent for an audience, right. and then there is also um, the audience itself can be a challenge. You know, have you run into anything like that? Have you had to overcome any situations since you've been involved in it? Um, a couple of things like something that I didn't know about having like a internet community before is sometimes the relationships, like sometimes you're not sure where the relationship is. Mm -hmm. Like I had one guy who was part of my channel for a really, really long time. And he was like really a main part of it. And then one day he's like, um, I'm done. And it's like, oh, okay. And mm -hmm. I was like, did I do something like, um, or like I'll have people that are really involved and very generous. And then one day they'll just like poof, disappear. Mm -hmm. And it's the relationships are, I think can be really meaningful, but maybe also with a grain of salt, like a little bit fleeting because mm -hmm. people can just disappear on you. And I do my best to like kind of check in with people. I know some people have had health problems or, you know, really rough times in the last couple of years. And I do my best to kind of keep tabs, but um 
but then part of it for me is I just have to like let some of that stuff go too. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure like, it's got to make you wonder when somebody is like so consistent in your audience and then all of a sudden and they poof. Yeah. They're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I just try to do my best to take accountability and like um, reach out be like, do, do I owe you an apology? Like, did I say something or was I being too jokey or something? Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. How, do you ever have to deal with trolls or anything like that? Oh, yes. Yeah. I get a lot of um, feet questions because I usually have a camera on my on my pedals. Uh huh. Oh gosh. <laughs> but I've I've got moderators to kick those guys out. <laughs> okay, so you've got someone kind of monitoring things. Yeah, and yes, I have a strong mod squad with both. Well, I've met I've met all of my moderators at this point, except for um, one that's oh, except for two, one in Texas and one uh, in Europe. Oh, okay. okay. So is, are those people that work for Twitch or is it someone that you designate for that position or? Yeah, it's like people, um, the moderators on Twitch are like such an important component of it and keeping it safe and keeping like the vibes mm -hmm. good. And, um, and they they just, they volunteer and it's like the most generous, nice thing ever. And, and hopefully I think they enjoy like being part of the, they're kind of like on the inside, like they're, they're kind of part of the posse. So like, I like, you know, talk crap with them on Instagram and, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, th they are usually the first to know stuff. So yeah. they're, they're kind of my people. Yeah. That's great. I imagine being in a live situation like that all this time there's got to be so many unexpected things that pop up just out of the blue. And, and I, I think, I think that's what, why I would be reluctant, you know, to be in that space because I, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, it makes me nervous that something's going to come up. Somebody's going to say something, somebody's going to do something or ask for something. And I'm going to be totally unprepared and not know how to respond. Do you right. ever feel nervous about that or are yes. you just, but I, I also feel that way in real life too, because I feel like yeah. anytime someone has like violated me or done something that it's like, oh, I wish I had said that. Like people are so creative. They'll do it in a different way every single time. So even if I have a response prepared, it's like, yeah. it'll be different this time. But, and sometimes what I'm surprised at even emotionally for me is certain comments that maybe aren't even that bad will suddenly just get to me and I'll be cranky about it. Yeah. Like one, one time I I've said this on, I talked about this on my stream one time, but this was a weird example. Someone came in and they were like a first time chatter and it'll let me know if they're new and they're like, wow, a female beatboxer. That's really unusual. And number one, he, he's kind of right but also you're in my house and he, in my living room it's like the most usual thing so like yeah. like take a vibe check dude yeah not in this room my friend this is, it's like really normal <laughs> on this channel so maybe you should like not comment so much yeah yeah oh that that is interesting that yeah i'm sure probably to him didn't even think he was you know saying anything you know out out of the norm but you know yeah I, I don't know it's just like you know it's just not so much like even the terribleness that someone might say but it's like just the people are just like oh making comments mm -hmm. about stuff that 
it, that just are unresponsible, unresponsible. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to make those comments when you're on the other side of a screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. People can be very bold. Um, <laughs> uh, Sarah's asking, um, when Sarah, I love it. <laughs> I know. Thank you for being part <laughs> Thanks, of the conversation, Sarah. Sarah. Um, she says, when your Twitch viewers suggest in real life events, uh, how do you set good boundaries while making them also feel appreciated? Good question. Um, wait, say the beginning of the question. How in, when in real your Twitch viewers suggest um, in real life events, how do you set good boundaries while making them also feel appreciated? Oh, um, I like while I'm on Twitch, if they ask me to do something or something? Uh, I don't know. Clarify if you, if you can, Sarah, but I'm thinking maybe like if you have Twitch viewers who have like live performance opportunities for you. Oh. And they make suggestions or things like that. Oh, um, you know, I just do what I can. And if I can't do it, um, I, I think part of it just is practice of plainly saying what you will and won't do. Um, I read a really great book by Chris Voss, if anyone's read it. It's called Never Split the Difference, and it's about the art of negotiating. You're nodding like you've, you've yeah. heard of this. I'm familiar he's, with it, yeah. He's also got a masterclass. It's awesome. Uh. Um, but some of his points in negotiating is um, if you're telling somebody – uh, an answer that they don't like, it's the best thing to do. So for example, if you're like, do you want to play my gig on Friday night for exposure? Instead of saying, I would really like to, but I just can't swing it. I would say, no, I don't want to play it, but thank you so much for asking. I'm very flattered. <laughs> you say the bad news first mm -hmm. and then you cushion it. Like you're just uh, upfront with the bad or not, not the bad, but just with the, the cut and dry. Yeah. And yeah. I think that actually when you're, when you're cut and dry and honest with people, mm -hmm. it takes the emotions out of it and no one's like, oh, she sucks. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a really powerful way of communicating. It's totally honest mm -hmm. and, but also consider it at the same time. But I think, uh, People like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of this. I'm a nice person, too nice sometimes. And so I, I would totally have to have a flowery answer like, oh, I would love to, but I'm getting yeah. my hair dyed that night or something. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love to come up with um, the most kind excuses ever, but that's really great advice. Just very to the point, transparent and. Well, because you don't want to be misinterpreted. You mm -hmm. want to be very clear. No, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that th I'm really glad that you felt comfortable asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I might have to revisit that book. Um, oh, she, Sarah was clarifying. She said, I just mean when you're close to many of your viewers and they start to want in real life. Oh, time. I think that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they start asking personal questions. Um, and I just avoid, avoid, avoid. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I think, I don't know if this was, I got this from a PR lady on TikTok or if this was actually a Taylor Swift quote, but I think the P, in the PR world, they say, um, you can't misinterpret silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. 
That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> I love that. So here you are, you've got this incredible Twitch community and, you know, you're consistently streaming three times a week. And, um, I imagine you're, you're still gigging live and everything. Um, what do you see in the future? Where, where are you trying to take all of this? Um, that is the question that I'm always thinking of Danielle. I don't know. Like what's, um, you know, because now the question people ask me all the time, they go, do you do music full time? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, but like in order to do music as your career, there's like so many jobs that you have to do. Um, and actually since becoming more involved in like the YouTube community, mm -hmm. I've been able to connect with some other friends, even like like longtime friends that I've been mm -hmm. out of touch with for a while. Mm -hmm. um, it's been good to just have a bit of community because like so much of doing music is in my, in the way that I've designed it is by doing everything myself and being a one woman show. And it would, sometimes it would, I think it would be really nice to work with other people mm -hmm. okay. um, and be able to collaborate. And I, so I hope to do more of that in the future. I get to work, I'm working with a couple of my favorite gentlemen tomorrow where um, we got commissioned to write a song for a feature film. Mm -hmm. And um, it's scary working with other people, but I'm like really, I, I feel like I'm I'm moving along a little bit and I hope to do, do more of that. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and I also see over your shoulder your neon sign, which I recognize um, from some merch posts that you do. So you have brought merch into the mix now, too. Tell me about that. Yes. Well, actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because the YouTube video I'm editing right now is about how to grow, turn your music into a business. Uh -huh. And um, having stuff to sell is the kind of the biggest deal um this sign was a gift i don't sell this sign this was a very precious birthday gift from one of my twitch moderators it was a huge surprise and i don't know if you can tell but it says mcv even uh -huh. though it looks like it's supposed to say mtv um because i've been kind of botching <laughs> their logo for my logo um but that, but that's really huge because as musicians, sometimes we go out and our our biggest skill is our service and our presence, and that is a, a finite resource. And think about like even some of the biggest pop names right now, like Gaga, Rihanna, Lizzo, um, even Dave Matthews. The other day, he's he came out with this. I saw this ad for this one string guitar where each fret was a different color of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. So you so kids could play this one string guitar, practice their fretting, uh, and build up their muscles just on one string, but they're playing music, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was a really good product, but my, the point is products, right? Lizzo sells shapewear. Gaga is selling makeup. Like they're, they're using their platform to like be able to make money, more money in their sleep. Yeah. So, so they don't have to be in front of people all the time. Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense having like just a, a, 
a sister product to your service, you know, something that relates to you, you know, whether it's like merchandise that's actually like promoting you as an artist, or if it's just some sort of a product that makes sense for you to, you know, like, let's say you were crazy about your sure mic that you're using, you know, if you were selling colored covers for them or something, you know what I mean? Right. Um, You know, something that just makes sense and kind of is on brand for what you do. I think uh, in this business, seeking out any and every channel of income that you can just to stay diverse and secure in what you're doing is so smart. Yeah, I agree. And I think also being able to keep evolving, like, I think some musicians think like being salesmen is below them. Mm -hmm. But you know, you mentioned like doing covers in conjunction with being like creating music. And for for me, like some gigs, like doing cover gigs in the bigger events, like they fund my lifestyle to be able to do to pick and choose the artsy stuff that I want to do. And it's like, it needs to be a, a healthy balance. Like you, you promote products so that you can keep making videos, right? Yeah. It's, um, you know, one, one supports the, then when you have more money, you get make better art and then you can make more money. Then you can make better art. That's how I feel. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I always tried to, in my own life, I always tried to frame, um, I was in the corporate world for a long, long time while simultaneously doing music. And I always just tried to look at it through the lens of like, I do this corporate job so that I can do this other one with, with the intention of someday having music be the full-time thing, which eventually it was. And, you know, and when you are associated with those other things too, you you're developing another skill set. You're developing, you know, a whole different acumen that you can then bring into your, the world of your art and it all works, you know, in combination with each other, you know, if you want it to, you know, if right. you can, if you can kind of keep that um, attitude about it, but um, I love the merch. It looks super cool. Um, <laughs> where do you like, where do you generally promote your merchandise? Is it on live gigs or in your Patreon or where are you seeing the most success with that? Um, I, you know, I still don't sell a ton of merch online, but I do have um, uh, like t-shirts and stuff on my website. Mm-hmm. And I also have, and, and then on Twitch, I also promote my Redbubble site, which is, I don't know if you can see, but like I have this pillow back here. Hold on, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um, where this is actually a painting that I did and I print it on, I can scan my paintings and print them on like household objects because um, not, not everybody is going to be able to buy an original painting, but like everyone might need a pillow cover at some point. <laughs> so um, I've learned a lot from watching. Have you ever watched 10 hundred on YouTube? No, I don't think so. He's an artist and he used to be based out of Seattle, but he's amazing his videos are amazing and he's done such a great job of including people on his artistic process and then also making products that are accessible that like anybody could buy that you want to support him because he's so generous with what he shares and um i hope i get to meet him someday hi 100 if you're listening yeah oh cool i'll definitely have to check him out that's awesome um sarah's asking if you do the artwork for your mermaid stickers Oh, um, wait, did you, Sarah, you have my mermaid sticker? Um, I, some of them, 
there my I have an album cover that turned became a sticker that is a photo of me, but my my friend who's like she's a full time artist, she like painted mermaid shells and a tail on me and um so she did that one, but I did the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Well tell me, um what what do you have coming up in the future here? What's on the horizon for you? Um, well, I'm about so speaking of products, um, my first product that's um, that I just went into the studio to record is a beatbox percussion sample pack um, that I will be I'll be able to uh, sell downloads of my sample. So if people watch my videos and maybe they want a beatbox but they don't know how. They can put their, they can put my sounds on their keyboard and play my beatbox like a drum, ah, or like or play. I have shake. I'll have shaker sounds and cowbell sounds and kabasa sounds, uh -huh. and then uh, they'll be able to use them in their recordings or their loop machines or um. So that's kind of a product that I'm I'm getting set to launch pretty soon. Cool. I love that. <laughs> and I think you mentioned to me that you have some new music coming out too. Um, yes, I do. I'm hoping to have another single out this fall. I was just thinking, mm, would have been nice to have it uploaded by today. <laughs> it's not quite, but it's called There Will Be You. And it is a kind of a love letter to a friend of mine who we had this weird long distance phone relationship, even though we weren't really in a relationship, but I wrote kind of a love letter to, to him in my own way. <laughs> mm, spicy. Oh, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Um, I went ahead and put up all your links in the chat, um, but what's the best place for everyone to check you out? Is, do you have a favorite platform that you'd like everyone to start at? Um, probably my most accessible platform is Instagram. I check Instagram every day. Um, and if you're interested in more in-depth stuff about my studio and my process, um, YouTube is a great place for that. And if you want to really support me and uh, be on Team Emily, then I also have a Patreon. Great, great. Not to mention I'm available and live on Twitch Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. Definitely got definitely got the Twitch handle um, <laughs> up there for you. Um, I would love to catch one of your live shows on Twitch, but um, it has been awesome getting to know you. I love everything that you're doing. I'm so super impressed, and I'm glad that I just on a whim reached out to you after you put your video up. I'm really glad that I did. Um, you're you're definitely going to be a huge inspiration for everyone um, watching and listening. Uh, it's it's really remarkable how you've grown your career. Uh, so on that note, I want to ask you my final question, which is, what makes you unstoppable? Oh yes, um, I love that question. I think what makes me unstoppable is that I keep um, I keep innovating and I I don't get too tied down with oh I'm doing this thing and that's all I do um, I'm not afraid to learn new skills or evolve my business or do a weird uh, kind of a show I, I I like to explore and do anything that I think will serve me as an artist and mm -hmm. help me grow Great answer. Great answer. I just today was listening to a really amazing um, interview 
it was a, it was entrepreneurs just discussing like business and and you know putting out projects and everything and how um, so many of us make that mistake of like working so hard on one thing, putting it out in the world and it doesn't pan out and we think, all right, well that's it. You know, I guess, you know, I failed and, and I guess I just need to do something else when really those, I think this goes for entrepreneurs, artists alike that, you know, when you really want to succeed at something, you've just got to keep at it and keep trying and trying and trying. Um, and eventually, you know, something will stick, but, um, you just got to be willing to keep innovating, like you said, and reinventing and, and, you know, acting on the ideas and seeds that are planted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you are consistent, like what you're saying, um, what, what happens is eventually you'll find your people because we're just not that distantly connected to any person on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Well, you are awesome. I'm so happy to have met you and uh, hopefully our paths will cross again, but I'll definitely be on the sidelines cheering you on and definitely want to check out one of your uh, Twitch streams. But I just appreciate you so much coming on tonight and sharing all your goodness with us. Oh, it's such an honor, Danielle. Thank you. And if you want to, if you, um, my, my show is family friendly. If your like daughters want to come and um, request a song or something. Oh, they would love that. Great. I'll sing, I'll sing their names in three part harmony. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. They'll love that. Great. And thank you for everybody who joined us live tonight. I'll Thanks so much. Next, yeah. I'll be back next week with, um, another great interview, but we will, we'll give Emily back her night and the rest of you as well. So until then, good night. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.